You're not ready. Not ready. <laughs> Are you ready for the end of the world? No. <laughs> not yet. Like, it's <laughs> cold enough. It's we cold. Maybe it is the, the end of the world. This it's is your community <laughs> spirits. Show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. Circle of family, the circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up! Hmm. Oh, I kind of yelled at. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Wake up and be... <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you are listening to Your Community Spirit. This is Ordem Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. And I'm a little giddy from um, the cold. <laughs> yeah, the cold. It's, well, I was just reading about like the extreme hypothermia. You go a little crazy and you start taking off your clothes and running outside. <laughs> <laughs> why running outside? Well, they, they get confused. You know, No one's entirely sure why, but if they get too cold, they just, they're like, ah, I got to go, and they take <laughs> off all their clothes. So maybe we're getting that giddy. No. No. <laughs> Well, it is cold outside. Should we get giddy about the fact that um, Obama <laughs> vetoed everything? <laughs> well, we should talk about it. Well, every every I mean, <clears throat> didn't you see all the memes on the yeah, internet? Yeah, I saw all those memes. Everybody, like about a hundred times, people were like, "Obama vetoed the Keystone XL," but uh, it's actually a little more complicated, like that. <laughs> as our well, first, I mean, it's politics. It's politics. It's it's complicated. It really? Uh, President Obama is in a complicated relationship with the United States. <laughs> <laughs> Just like... <laughs> okay, so yeah. No, no, Obama did not veto the Keystone XL pipeline. What? <laughs> but the internet said he did. The internet said it's true, so it must be true. Well, all the little, you know, memes. <laughs> yeah. Well, now... He vetoed something. He vetoed something. So what did he veto? So normal people who don't follow every torturous twist and turn in the never-ending Keystone XL saga... They could be forgiven for misunderstanding Tuesday's news. Yeah, I mean, it had the words Obama, Vito, Keystone. I mean, so it sounds like maybe he vetoed Keystone itself, right? But despite the confluence of words, Obama did not, in fact, veto the Keystone XL pipeline. <laughs> no. I cannot believe the Internet. Yeah. The Internet lied to us? <laughs> what? Well, like 50 times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so basically what he did was he vetoed a bill from Congress that it would have forced approval of the pipeline project. So he, he vetoed immediately deciding in favor of it. That doesn't mean that he's uh, necessarily stopping it. Well, I mean, he, I know he's waiting until he actually gets the, what do you call it, the study from, I think, the Department of Interior? Yeah. Or some, you know, organization is actually studying the pros and cons of it. Mm-hmm. You know, basically doing an, an environmental assessment, right? Yeah, I really like the environmental assessment. Right, the, <laughs> that's required by law to do. Yeah. And so, you know, if they say go for it, you know, he's kind of stuck. Yeah. Because, I mean, that means, you know, a lot of people in the industry want it, and then the assessment says it should be done. Yeah. You know? And they make a key point here that part of the reason why he did this may have been because he wants to retain the power to make the decision himself. Like, regardless of which way he decides on it, he wants it to be his decision, not Congress's decision. So a lot of it is just about a battle over power and not really the Keystone XL itself. Well, yeah, I mean, he is trying to retain as much power as possible because, yeah. you know. They want to take it away. Like, whether you agree with them or not, it's, it's like this big fight is going to ensue between him and Congress. But, I mean, didn't, hasn't he, like, did more vetoes in the last few months than he did, like, the rest of the presidency? It's like he's all of a sudden, like becoming i don't know a president <laughs> yeah well he went i think five years without a veto and now he, he pulled out the veto pen for this one 
So, There's a pen? <laughs> I wonder that it's maybe just, a special... It should be a big stamp. Yeah. <laughs> big and red stamp. Wah, wah. <laughs> just like, like I don't yeah. know. If I, if I had the power to veto something, I would want a big red stamp. <laughs> yeah. <It> just like... <laughs> so. so, yeah. Now, the people who should understand this nuanced distinction, uh, like, you know, big environmental groups like Natural Resource Defense Council, Al Gore's Climate Reality Project, you would think they would get this right, but they... They were among the people who were putting out the memes saying, like, oh, he vetoed the pipeline. Uh, but on the other hand, there were groups like Oil Change International and 350.org that did get it right. They tried to make it clear that Obama has now done one good thing, uh, vetoed the Keystone Bill that Congress sent him, but he still needs to take the big final step and reject the pipeline project altogether. So we, we get the impulse to celebrate. You know, it's delays Keystone XL, but we've got to be vigilant. Well, I mean, we don't want people to break out the champagne so much that they get all giddy and happy and, like, you know, turn to reality TV. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like this is still yeah can happen. Yeah, because that's how things sometimes work in politics. It's like, oh, we had this one minor victory, and then, whoop, they slip in the bad stuff while you're celebrating. <laughs> and then, I mean, please, people, make sure your memes are accurate. Yeah. But, th- but whatever. They're memes. They're <laughs> supposed to be funny. And, yeah. like heartwarming and like you know two words long yeah (laughs) (laughs) if you can make them funny and educational and uh (laughs) accurate at the same time then you're on to something (laughs) utilities may get a break from the epa on cutting co2 wait a second i mean they're not really doing anything already Mm. okay (laughs) yeah they're trying to do even less (laughs) well i mean didn't recently um they passed like legislation that said the EPA can't control CO2. Yeah, well, I mean, they're still debating that, but uh, <laughs> I mean, the Environmental Protection Agency like has come up with this plan to start trying to clean up power plants that we talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago. But now they are uh, counteracting that plan. So Bruce Bruce Brain, the vice president of American Electric Power, major regional utility voiced the concerns shared by many utilities uh, when he said that the uh, uh, for last, so the Obama administration has the plan to snuff out emissions from coal-fired power plants as a way of tackling climate change. But surprise, surprise, the people from the utilities (laughs) are complaining that the plan forces them to cut too many emissions too quickly. And what is too quickly? Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's been years of not cutting yeah (laughs) decades of not cutting but the u.s environmental protection agency administrator gina mccarthy hinted this week that the epa is not only listening but is also considering allowing utilities to take more time to cut their co2 more gradually so that's i mean look at that they come out with this big announcement saying we're going to cut all this co2 and then they're like well maybe we'll let you do it 10 years later than we said (laughs) (laughs) just like yeah the change would allow the cuts over the next 15 years instead of requiring most of them in the next five. Because that was part of, I mean, I didn't think the plan went far enough, but I was at least glad that they had some, some strong-ish uh, guidelines by 2020. But now they're saying, well, 2020 might be too soon. We'll do it in 2030. Like, <laughs> but then they're going to put it off to 2040 and 2050. Like, so, yeah. Documents reveal fossil fuel fingerprints. I was able to say the three Fs right there. Fossil (laughs) fuel fingerprints on contrarian climate research. Yeah. Scientist Willie Soon calls his papers 
dollars deliverables to fossil fuel executives and grants a big coal utility pre-publication review anonymity. <laughs> this is a scientist. Yeah, and well, he's, he says he's a scientist. <laughs> well, I mean, anybody can, yeah. you know, he's, become he's a, a scientist. scientist. Yeah, we could say he's a corrupt one, maybe, but. After finishing a study contending that solar activity is increasing global warming, scientist Willie Soon of the Harvard-Smithsonian Center for Astrophysicist. Man, hmm. this yeah. guy is, like, smart. He, yeah, he's, he's Harvard, working with Harvard-Smithsonian. He's an astrophysicist. He's you know. so smart, he figured out a way to, <laughs> you know, get money from people he's supposed to be critiquing. Yeah. <laughs> Quote, I have a big, super-duper paper soon to be accepted on how the sun affects the climate system. End quote. Soon wrote in a 2009 email to Robert Gura, a research specialist with the Southern Company's Services, a mega-utility in the southeastern U.S. that generates power largely from coal. That's, that's really scientific. Super-duper. <laughs> yeah, super-duper. That's the technical term. <laughs> Now, soon, one of the few skeptics in the climate science community described the paper that was published in the journal Physical Geography as, quote, fairly significant scientifically in that this is the first successful formulation of the sun-climate connection, end quote. He was writing a follow-up note to Greary, whose company has provided more than $400,000 from 2006 to 2015 to fund Soon's research and part of his salary. Hmm. So he got dire directly paid some of his salary by this <laughs> company in order to do this. Now, this wasn't public information, but the emails and related documents were obtained by Greenpeace through Fe Freedom of Information Act requests. They were made public this week by Greenpeace and the Climate Investigations Center, an environmental watchdog organization. <laughs> See, I like the fact that that exists, that they could have like a CSI climate TV show, <laughs> Just the like Climate <laughs> Investigation Center. <laughs> now, I mean, what's really interesting about this, the communication shows that soon called his peer-reviewed research papers, quote-unquote, deliverables. Yeah, like, if you don't know that term, that basically means it's a product that you're selling to someone. Right. So here is someone who funded him, and he sends an email to them and saying, I'm having the deliverables ready. Yeah. It's like they filled out an order, like, we, we like three papers that are all denying climate change. And yeah, he's like, okay, here's your bill. <laughs> now, in addition, the documents reveal that soon and the Harvard-Smithsonian gave the coal utility company the right to review his scientific papers and make suggestions yeah. before they were published. So it's not even just that he took the ideas that they wanted him to take. He sent the paper to them and said, hey, is this cool? Is this cool? <laughs> I, don't, I didn't know that coal, the coal industry was part of the scientific review process. Yes. <laughs> Apparently they are. And uh, they, they also pledged to not disclose this coal utility company's role as a funder without permission. Yeah. Like, so, I, like you gave us $400,000 and we'll keep it a secret. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure, but I think there might be a breach of ethics going on there. Now, although the emails didn't actually show response, mm -hmm. you know, the, the coal utility executive was smart enough to not respond. Yeah. He, like, winked two times and tugged on his ear a little bit. Like, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, but the response is, here's $400,000. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, here's your money. <laughs> so. Yeah. Now, so, but this is... He is one of, I've heard of this guy before, uh, and if you ever hear, like, you have your, your crazy uncle who doesn't believe in climate change, uh, one of the th 
top things they might cite is this idea that, oh, it's just the sun. It's not actually anything we're doing. And he's one of the biggest proponents of that. So he has helped flood the, the media with that idea. And it's, and it's discredited by other scientists. So, yeah, I mean, industry has, you know, industry has latched on to this idea. Yeah. And, you know, this is one of the first studies that's actually proving that. And it turns out it's funded by a coal utility. Yeah. So this is a big revelation. You know, they try to come up with similar critiques of the climate movement. But now this is like a substantial critique of the, one of the leading climate science deniers. Well, if this guy never publishes any research again, it'll be too soon. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a little that, fun there. That's his name. Yeah, that's his oh, name, too. Okay, soon. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> it's probably pronounced some other way, but it's how it's spelled. Yeah. So... So yeah, this is one of the uh, one of the starkest glimpses yet into the workings of the strategy of peddling scientific doubt. I mean, we kind of know what's going on because there are media efforts and all that, but this is one of the clearest links between a fossil fuel company handing money to a scientist and telling them what research to do. So I bet there are going to be some journals that are going to go back and review some articles he submitted <laughs> to see if there are any errors that uh, he may have snuck in there. Yeah. Well, I mean, they probably already have. Yeah. I mean, they they probably already took a look. I mean, they look at these things before they publish them. (laughs) But they may look harder and say, because of the ethics violation, you know. But we'll see. Well, nowhere does it say it's unethical to get money from... I mean, nowhere in this article. Yeah. Well, the one thing that's unethical, though, is you've got to be clear about where you're getting your money, because... Uh, they can then consider it. Like if they find out that you got research from money from fossil fuels, they can say, okay, let's take a special look at this to be sure he's not biasing this in favor of fossil fuels. If he gets the funding, he gets the funding and he writes it down, but he didn't let them know. He kept it a secret. I mean, all they had to do is funnel it through some other organization. I mean... yeah. <laughs> They're just going to be smarter next time and not get <laughs> <Just> caught. <laughs> we're, we're breeding more uh, clever climate criminals. Yeah, it's like... But at least we caught him this time. The Climate Investigation Center. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Just like, yeah. They investigate the... Google invests $300 million in fund for residential solar power. <laughs> now, this isn't the first time. And people, you know, are saying Google's doing it for the good of the world. <laughs> They're doing it because this makes money. Yeah. They want the money. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, this is... Uh, Basically, they own part of a very big, substantial part of a company called Solar City. Yeah, and Solar City installs solar in about ten states. Mm. I mean, they only install it in the states that are really, really um, have great incentives. Of course, uh, yeah. So they pick their battles. <laughs> so. I unfortunately do the exact opposite. I try to install where nobody else installs. So <laughs> yeah. I'm not big as Google or Solar City yet. Yeah. So. But you're helping out people who might otherwise not get solar. That's true. <laughs> yep. So um, the new fund will cover the upfront cost of solar power installations for thousands of homeowners in 14 states, including California. Okay, they're up to 14 states. Yeah. So um, there, there actually is now a nationwide bank. That will finance the tax credit. Huh. So, like, you're supposed to pay up front the money. Yeah. So, you know, um, 
right now, if you bought a solar system, you wouldn't get the 30% federal tax credit until next April or yeah. you know, next spring. Yeah, your next taxes. <laughs> but there's a bank who will finance for zero interest your tax credit if you finance the rest of it through them. Oh, yeah. That's good to know. So 30% of it, you get a zero interest loan because they know that the f- government's going to pay them next year. Yeah. Or they trust that the government. They government's trust the government. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yep. So, yeah. But that's, I mean, stuff like that can help people overcome the barriers to getting solar, you know, because it makes it easier for them to access it if they've got that funding. Well, I mean, the thing is, is, you know, solar, if you divide it up, like, in monthly payments, is less than someone's electric bill. Yeah. But the problem is, is you have to pay for 25 years of electricity up front. Yeah. Or 10 years of electricity up front, and then you get 15 free. <laughs> yeah. Kind of deal. So, yep. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's good. Hawaii has sun? Yeah, I guess so. I've heard it's a sunny place. I mean, I, I, I haven't been there yet, but <laughs> I've seen the pictures. It's like, <laughs> hey, if we mention Hawaii enough times in this broadcast, do you think this the state will fund us a free trip? Ooh, that'd be nice. Yeah, the Hawaii then Tourism Bureau. Then we have Bureau. to tell people <laughs> that we got funded. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're talking about Hawaii going 21% renewables. Yeah. Yay, yay, Hawaii. Hawaii. Now send us a plane ticket. Yeah. <laughs> if you send us a plane ticket to Hawaii, we will do a full half-hour story about this. <laughs> <laughs> we would do it anyway. But yeah. <laughs> just like, but, you know, it's investigative reporting. It's yeah. easier if you go actually and see it. Yeah. We've got to see for ourselves. So what do we have to see? So, yeah, Hawaii Electric announced that 21% of its electricity comes from renewables. That's far exceeding the state's renewable portfolio standard, RPS, that targets 15% by 2015. Well, that's this year. Yeah, so their goal was by this year to have, like, 15% of it come from renewables, and now they're up to 21% already. (laughs) Now, 12% of residential customers have on-site solar. That's a penetration level that leads the nation, says the utility. This is partially because Hawaii has very high energy prices because it imports all of its oil. Yeah, I mean, all their energy is produced off of diesel fuel. Yeah, and you got to, like, ship a tanker there to get it. Yeah. There's, no, there's no pipeline. And then they really that. worry about it because, you know, they can have spills and they would ruin their economy, which is, you know, tourist-driven. Yeah. Tourism, so if there's yeah. a spill, so, you know, it's, it's an issue. Yeah. So they're solving that issue by going to renewals. And uh, the, con- the utility has been proactive in developing homegrown energy. So, uh, the, yeah, the utilities filed a power supply improvement now plan. Now, you have to realize this is one utility. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, the, the, island, the islands want the 15% by this year. Yeah. But this particular utility is being much more proactive than the other utilities. Yeah. So there's multiple utilities because I think each island has their own. Oh, yeah. Each island, I guess, has its own utilities. So. Right. Yeah. But this particular utility actually filed a power supply improvement plan with the Hawaii Public Utilities Commission. And this plan would increase renewable energy to 65% by 2030, triple the amount of distributed electricity by 2030, and lower electric bills 20% by 2030. Yeah, those are some good goals. Yep. And in other words, the utility is actually promoting the idea of raising the state's uh, renewables instead of trying to lower it. Where there's actually battles right now where the utilities don't want to have more renewables. Yeah, it just actually <laughs> passed yesterday in Arizona 
the biggest utility in the Phoenix area just passed a, a monthly fee if you want to hook up your solar system. Yeah. And apparently Sol- Solar City is pulling out of Arizona because of that. Yeah. So I, it's just um, a yeah. lot of utilities are doing that. They're saying if you want to hook up solar, you have to pay us a monthly fee <laughs> for hooking up because, you know, we're going to lose... Now, in case of Arizona, (laughs) we're going to lose business. But in case of Arizona, they haven't even hit 1% renewables. Yeah. So, you know, even if they hit 1%, they'd be losing 1%. (laughs) But the fee that they're implementing is... They want to make the customers pay for (laughs) their greed. (laughs) Yeah. To put it impartially, fair and balanced. (laughs) (laughs) Just like... Yeah. But... So, coming up today, it's Polar Bear Day. What? Uh, not not like the bar crawl polar bear, but it's a day to celebrate the animal, the polar bear. Uh, but where they're probably out in the sunshine getting a tan. Oh, right I now. saw a polar bear <laughs> meme. Oh uh, yeah. It said it, the two polar bears were arguing. It's like, is it white? Is it blue? Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Just like yeah. And the thing is, is you know the ice in the where the polar bear lives. <laughs> I forgot yeah. where they live. Yeah, some of it is kind of blue. Yeah. Um. Well, it matters how much sun is hitting it. Yeah. When there's a lot of sun hits it, it's white. And then as it gets darker, the ice turns blue. Yeah. <laughs> so. Just like just, the famous dress that people are debating about online. <laughs> like, who cares about the dress? Let's clothe people instead of talk about the color. Yeah. Or see what color the polar bear's ice is. If Today they have any ice no left. it's a no-brainer day. So for me, it's a no-brainer. We need to clothe people instead of arguing about a color. Yeah. <laughs> so Saturday is a public sleeping day. Uh, that's an interesting one. I guess sleeping on a park bench. Uh. Sunday is National Pig Day and Peanut Butter Lover's Day. <laughs> and Monday is Old Stuff Day. Tuesday, I Want You to Be Happy <laughs> Day. And if pets had thumbs, that'd be that'd make me happy. <laughs> that'd be kind of a strange day. They'd get into more mischief. It's Peach Blossom Day. Man, oh, that's that. that's dreaming. <laughs> <Just Yeah>. like, <laughs> not on Southern Illinois, unless it's going to get warm before <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> oh yeah, Do you so, realize it's March. Yeah, it's March. It's March is going to come up in another day or two. That's exciting. So March is Social Workers Month. I know numerous social workers. They do a lot of incredible work to help people. We got to celebrate them at least for March, and then hopefully for the rest of the year. <laughs> it's also National Women's Month. Yeah. So, have you had a chance to go to any of the Big Muddy films yet? Not yet. I have it on my calendar. And yeah, it's on my calendar. It's been a busy week, but there's still time. There is still this time is, for Big Muddy. This is a worldwide film, and this is the first or second lar- longest student-run film festival in the world. Yeah. And so, um, the festival provides you know cast rewards to the best works in a bunch of different categories. Yeah. So the probably the best known one that I really like is the John Michaels Awards. Yeah, I like that one because it honors films related to peace, justice, community action, human rights, environmental conservation, all that good stuff. And it's done. It's a local committee of activists that picks it, so it's pretty exciting. Now, if you are an SIU student, the whole festival is free, yep. with a student ID, of course, and then otherwise. The whole festival costs fifteen dollars, or a day pass is four. Yeah, that's so, a good deal. If you go over to the corporate theaters, you got to pay that much just for one and movie. This is like ten days of films. Yeah. So, p- 
please look at the list of films, bigmuddyfilm.com, and at least go see a few of them. Cause uh, yeah, good times. I will try myself. And we might see you there. So let's see. We've also got the movie and pizza party coming up uh, tonight at Guy House Interfaith Center. The film they're showing tonight is The Matrix. If you missed out on The Matrix back in 1999, now's your chance to check it out. Has it been that long? Yeah, it has. I saw it in the Varsity Theater, actually, when they were still showing movies there. Do you remember what our, pr- our promo we were going to do? Oh, yeah, we were going to do, like, Orpheus and Trio. Like, we were going to be in The Matrix. <laughs> it's like, I am Orpheus. I am Trio. <laughs> and we tell you to take both pills <laughs> of your community spirit. Yeah. <laughs> take them both and see what happens. <laughs> Just like... So, yeah, that's uh, uh, movie night over at Guy House, uh, 7 p.m. tonight. Uh, they've got, for Guy House members, they've got pizza. And you can help pick future movies by emailing director at ourguyhouse.org. It's every fourth Friday over there. Saturday, Carbondale Community Farmers Market and the sixth annual Seed Swap. Yes. So, every Saturday from 9 until noon at the Carbondale Community High School, is the Carbondale Community Farmer's Market. And we're talking about this on your community radio, <laughs> your community spirit. Yeah. How many times can I say community in <laughs> 25 seconds? Over 9,000. <laughs> <laughs> um, the sixth annual seed swap at the Carbondale Community Farmer's Market at the Carbondale Community High School yeah. is this Saturday. Yeah, it's back this Saturday. We talked about it being last Saturday, but they're doing it this Saturday, too. A two-parter. Well, last Saturday... <laughs> The farmer's market, for the first time in ages, got canceled. Yeah, that's why they're doing it again. Yeah, so... I bet there was somebody out there swapping seeds just in their home, but <laughs> if you want to go and swap it at the farmer's market, this is the week. Bring seeds, take seeds. Plants are also welcome. Yeah. Bring everything you can share. <clears throat> you know, just like the plants give, you can give. Yeah. You know, information provided about starting cultivating seeds, about saving seeds. There will actually be a special presentation by Sufi Park Gardener on how to grow sprouts to bring freshness to your diet all year. Yes. So that is Saturday. Saturday. All morning. Nine till noon. Yes. Also coming up on Saturday, it's the first annual Family Fun Day. It's coming up on Saturday from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. At the Diami Parent-Child Collective, that's over on 214 East Jackson Street here in Carbondale. The Diami Parent-Child Collective will be hosting a free family fun day open house. It will include art activities, circle time, indoor-outdoor play, and a potluck lunch. Now, they're hosting it. It's both for the existing members and for new people who want to check it out and want to see what it's like to see if they want to go there. Uh, For more information, you can contact Nikki at 319-3761. Or email dpccschoolhouse at gmail.com. On Saturday, the last day of February, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> a bowl for kids' sake from 1 until, well, it says 1 to 3 p.m. and 3.30 to 5.30. But I've actually heard the 3.30 and 5.30 slot is full. So bowl for kids' sake is a Big Brothers Big Sisters signature fundraiser. This is a great, great program where, you know, you get adults hang out with kids. Yeah. And they kind of teach each other how to, you know, interact and have fun and do good things. 
And I do know that they are looking for more what they call bigs. Hmm. You know, big brothers, big sisters. Yeah. So big mentors. So this fundraising bowl for kids' sake is at SI Bowl at one o'clock on Saturday. If you would like more information, BBBS at centerstone.org or call Ramona at 618-457-6703, extension 216. Yeah. And this is just the first of a series of three of them. Yeah. They've got one at, over at Strike Zone and one at West Frankfurt Bowl coming up too. So Yeah, March 7th and March 21st. So Yeah, you can email them for the info. Also coming up, we have Selma 50, Remember, Recommit, Restore. This is coming up on Monday, March 2nd. From okay, okay, you can't just say March 2nd so <laughs> quickly. Yes, March. March 2nd. <laughs> we will be marching right this second. <laughs> Three weeks till spring. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And so this is starting over at the Irma C. Hayes Community Center. The African American Museum of Southern Illinois is celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Selma to Montgomery March that led to the signing of the Voting Rights Act of 1965. That was a big deal. Yeah, that was a huge deal. And uh, there were some local connections for sure. Uh, they will be hosting Selma 50 Remember, Recommit, Restore, which includes a commemorative march and a program on Monday. So here's the schedule. It's going to start at 2 p.m. with sign making over at the Irma Hayes Center. Then at 5 p.m. is when they're going to gather and leave to actually do the march at 5. And uh, at 6 p.m. when they get to the uh, Civic Center, there's going to be exhibits and voter registration. And at 6.30, there's going to be a program featuring Dr. Andy Burnside from, from somebody here, The Struggle for Voting Equality in America. If you want more information, contact the African American Museum, 457-2217. Yeah. So that is Monday, 2 to 7.30 p.m. Um, starts at the Irma Hay Center. Yeah. So. And the march starts at 5.00. 50 years. Yeah, 50 years. And it's a struggle that's still ongoing. People are still trying to take away voting rights, so got to be vigilant. Got to keep marching. What do they say? Vote regularly, vote often? <laughs> yeah, vote early, vote often. <laughs> but yeah. I do have one final thing that I almost completely forgot, which I shouldn't forget. I'm teaching a solar class at John Hillogan tomorrow. I oh, better yeah. show up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hope like, you remember. <laughs> um, it is the last Saturday of every month, mm -hmm. and so... Um, basically, each one builds on the one before, or each one is separate because each one is a different category. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about uh, financial analysis and figuring out how to make solar, well, work. Yeah. How in to the, make in it the work money here. sense. <laughs> yeah. How to so make it financially. How, how to make green go green. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you would like information. Um, it's Johnny Logan, uh, Continuing Education, or you can contact me directly, tech at aessolar.com or 8931717. I love teaching classes. They're so much fun. <laughs> I learn because people ask hard questions. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. Well, it's been another exciting, informative episode of Your Community Spirit. I had an episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We have an episode every week. Uh, <laughs> we will see you here next week on the radio.